Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's a late edition of Scatterbrain Podcast with Ian and Dan. Welcome. Uh, I, like your, I like your intro. Late, late episode. Of- it's a late evening. It's good evening, little girls and boys. Anyway, so it, it is episode fifty-two of the Scatterbrain podcast. Of Scatterbrain, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jeez. dear God! All right, all right. Tell me about High Command. Tell me about this EP. Well, for one thing, uh, the two songs on this EP are over ten minutes, which is kind of normal-ish, right? So, um, yeah. What's, want... What is this EP called? Everlasting Torment. It's not wow. really an EP. It's a single, but it's two songs. But they're each five minutes each. Five minutes each. Yeah. And the second song is called The Infernal March, uh, Sword of Wisdom, you know, slash Sword of Wisdom. But yeah, actually, I love I it. Heard, I love I it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I fell falling asleep actually listening to it uh, yeah, I think last night, but it was on that like repeat mode. <laughs> what? So at some point, I was like laying there and I'm, I think I woke up going, I think I've been listening to this for a while. I was just playing over and over. So I'm sure I heard it. <laughs> it's probably part of your soul now. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. I like it, but I like High Command. I, I really like the last album. So yeah, you've so, been really pushing High Command. Oh, they're, they're so good. People. They're so good. Do, do you know anything about them? I didn't look anything up. No, not really. All I know is I've been listening to them constantly. I watched um, some YouTube stuff, some live stuff with them, you know, and all their songs are about, you know, you know, swords and battle and old timey kind of heavy metal things, but it's kind of cool. Actually, there's parts of this band that remind me of power trip. Like they listen to a lot of power trip. Mm, I could see that actually. Yeah. The vocals and some of the changes and stuff, but they are, I mean, they are the epitome of thrash metal. I think they are there. There's, there's no other way to describe them. They are like the most thrash metal band I think I've ever heard actually. Especially that album they put out last year. It was fucking awesome. When did this uh, EP come out? Oh, dear Lord. I didn't write that down. Oh, I suck How so bad. How are you going to suggest something and then not? <laughs> because I, I'm too busy listening to it in my waking time. No, it came out. Um, I think it actually came out at the end of last year. Let me check here. Oh, you don't? But I've listened to it on repeat for Have you really? who knows how long. Really? Well, I told you I fell asleep listening to it. Yeah, I'm not sure <laughs> if that repeat. counts, but... <laughs> Are you kidding me? I know all the chords and everything in my head. I'm sure you do, actually. Just play it. Just, just. I command. Oh, dude, I've been playing that album from 2019. So, and then I found it like a um, a two song, not EP, but the single they they released before the album. And the production is so bad. It's it's just horrific. It's so bad. That can, that can really ruin ruin it. I mean, I think oh, really? you're listening yeah. to certain bands where that's the genre, right? Like if you're going to listen to like old punk, yeah. Or, uh old black metal like you expect that certain type of crappy production yeah that's but... pretty bad though um and then they came out the album which is produced really well oh uh, let's see everlasting torment two songs 10 minutes 18 seconds december 4th 2020 so yeah a couple months ago two months ago i thought it was really good um i don't know if i could give it a rating it's hard to rate I, it I, yeah yeah it's very short i mean that's kind of like the situation here with with gate creeper i know a little bit about these guys at least so you've heard them before Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, I've yeah, never, yeah. I've never really listened to Gate Creeper. The the length of the songs on this album cracked me up, though. Well, it's funny because uh, this is like they're calling it an EP. What? No, are they? Yeah, eight songs. Uh, seven, but it's only seventeen minutes. And it's, what's funny <laughs> is it's like essentially one track. It's almost like it's two a, tracks. No, it's, it's like not. it's two tracks. It's like all of the first seven songs are one track, and then the second song is another is the last song. Because every song's like 58 seconds, 59 seconds. It's yeah. ridiculous. Well, I was going to say, it reminds me of like an old grindcore album. And it, it even sounds like it, like Napalm Death and stuff and some you, of that. You know who, you know who they remind me of is Phobia. Phobia. Hmm. You, ever, you ever listen yeah. to Phobia? I'm sure I have. They did the same thing. They would know. do like like 30 second songs, 50 second songs. And then the last song would always be like five or six or eight minutes. You know, they did that all the time. Yeah, well, the last one is <laughs> so like like 11, 11 minutes, six seconds. What, well, what is the first song is 103, right? Oh, that sounds about right. There's not one other than that, like went over like 108 aside from the last track. Yeah, 106, so sick of being sober. Great name. Oh, no, 112. I'm sorry. 58, uh, 58 seconds. 
rest of gold. Yeah, the longest one aside from <laughs> emptiness, which is the last track, is uh, depraved. Yeah, not well, 111, right? Yeah, 112, it says on okay. my Spotify. Whatever. I love the name Super Spreader. 59 seconds. And then and then all of a sudden, the, the last song is how long? Yeah, 11 minutes, 6 seconds. Right. Yeah. yeah, so that's why I said it's like it's like two songs. Or, you know. Well, it sort of feels almost like one. It's like, because if you think about it, all the, the, the tracks are kind of tied in with that little like feedback segue in between every, every that's track. That's true. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So this is a concept album. Yeah. <laughs> no, <I'm> kidding. <laughs> well, let's see here. What are the what are the titles? Let's Starved, see. Starved, sick, sick of being silver, silver, rusted gold, rusted uh-huh. gold, imposter right. syndrome, amputation, depraved, not, um, not deprived, super spreader. Super I love spreader. it. That's a good, we should name our band super spreader. Penis. Let's rename it super spreader. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not yeah, so no. much. Never mind emptiness so these guys these guys have been around for a while they were formed in i think 2012 or 2013 you and jim have talked about them recently you know frequently yeah that you like them so yeah 2013 and they if you look them up they say that on the web that it's like death metal but i think it's more like grind i don't know more like grindcore to me i agree with, i agree especially with the short tracks I agree with you. yeah I, I don't think they're death yeah. metal uh-uh no um I did like it though. I thought that um, it was very surprising because the first time I listened to it is how it was with how I'd usually listen to a lot of this music is just jump in the shower. You know, that's usually my first listen and just play it while I'm doing other stuff. And this thing like started, it started over like, well, actually what happened was I got through the shower and then on the last song of all the last song. (laughs) Yep. And then (laughs) then it was like, wait a second. And I, so, you know, get out and everything and it's still playing and I start whatever I'm doing, you know, drawing out whatever i'm doing and then all of a sudden it starts over and i was like wait a second i didn't realize it was actually that short yeah well yeah it's that last song that makes it so long it almost what well 17 and a half minutes or something it's hilarious it's hard to rate either of these isn't it um yeah i mean if i had to at least i think this one compared to the high command ep not to take anything from it it's, it is good um but this one i mean at least it's got what is it 17 minutes at least there's a little more more to it so um, but it's six more songs and only six, seven more minutes, which is yeah. weird. It is weird. Could you could you rate them? I mean, I have a rating for the. I have a rating for both of them, but I, I would give the, I would give the uh, Gate Creeper an eight point five, and um, even though it's only two songs, I just like that band so much. I give that a nine. Wow! Yeah, that High Command is very good. I would give them both an eight on the ten point scale. That sounds reasonable, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was very good. I feel like it could have been rated higher, possibly. But I just think it's like the short running time. It would have to be just like super exceptional to get above that just because it's so short to me, you know? Yeah, no, I get it. But I thought it was thought it was very good. Now, what's interesting is if I were to think back to the old five-star scale, Yeah, I don't know that I would have given it a four. I think I might have given it a, seven, a three, 3.5. Just based on the strength of the two songs from High Command, I would have probably given it a four, but not the Gate Creeper. No, mm-hmm. so kind of, kind of the same actually. Maybe a three point five or a three, even maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I like it. I think it's really good. It's just uh, you're, you're, yeah, you're done. You're done right when it's getting started. It feels like same with the same with the two song EP thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I threw that one in there just because <laughs> the Gate Creeper was so damn short. I'm like, you know, give this give this a cram listen. Let's do two. What the hell. Yeah, why not? It's been a while. We did two of them. I know the, the power of metal compelled us somewhere around episode 11. 11. Around there. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, so have we doubled up? We have doubled up before. Didn't we do... Um, Which is great. All Hell. Yeah. And what was the other one? Silosis. Uh, I think it was. I think you're right. That was that was a strange mix right there. Yeah. This one matches a little bit more, but one is thrash metal, pure thrash metal, and the other one I, I agree is kind of grindcore-ish. Yeah, we call it death grind or something. Who knows? There, I'm sure there's there's a death <laughs> death grind point one point subsection A with all these people that love all their subgenres. Right. Let's make up a new uh, subgenre for the for the podcast with something like this. Yeah, that's why I said to me it kind of reminds me of grindcore. Yeah. yeah. What else? That's what I think of like phobia. What was the other one you said? Uh, it reminds me of like Napalm Death in a way, even though it doesn't yeah. really sound like it, but just that same structure of those. That sounds right. 
Yeah, because that's not that's not thrash metal. That's not death metal. Napalm death. That's no, that's not that's grindcore. That's grindcore, right? Yeah, they sound just like that. Phobia too. Yeah, I agree. Shall we move on to the topic now? Yes, it's been a while since we've done one of these. I'm actually kind of looking forward to it here. Yeah, well, I've had enough time to to get my shit together and have a good volume five coming up. So UFO chronology volume five coming up. Are you ready for it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right, stay tuned. So we left off on the Pascagoula abduction incident uh, on the Pascagoula River in Mississippi, October 11th, 73. And now we are moving ahead. That was where we left off in the last one. And then, you know, then we did the whole episode about Travis Walton, um, the logger, you know, reported being abducted, et cetera, et cetera. We did that in, in depth on a previous Scatterbrain podcast. So listen to that one. Go back. June 27th of 76 is the Canary Islands. Now, this is one I only found out about recently maybe in the last year it kind of surprised me because it's it's such a massive do- massively documented sighting with so many people that i don't know why this isn't more heard of or why i hadn't heard of it because i've researched this subject to death but it was in uh, june 22nd of 76 the canary islands now those are um i believe they're spanish islands in the atlantic or maybe portuguese but thousands of witnesses from all around the canary islands witnessed a huge bright sphere in the night sky, many times the size of the moon. Now, there was a photo taken. I've seen the photo, and it's insane. It's trippy. Uh, and when you read the testimonies about the subject, what everyone seems to agree on across the board is uh, whether it be the naval officers in the boat or the taxi cab driver or the physician at a patient's house who observed this, is that this orb was humongous. It was huge. In the official, oh, Spanish, in the official Spanish military report, witnesses say the size of the orb was originally seen as about three times the size of the full moon. Whoa. Yeah, it's trippy. But that's then, crazy. Yeah, well, the picture was, was it low? Was it low? Yeah, it was pretty low on the sky, too. Was, have you seen a picture at all? No, oh, I got to send you a picture of it. It's trippy. But then the sphere began to grow and grow until it became absolutely huge, bigger than a 20 story building. Witnesses then say the orb suddenly took off at a breakneck speed, quote unquote, uh, and then it disappeared. What everyone also agrees upon is that when the orb disappeared, a ring remained for a long while and it hovered in the air, just this red ring. Now, as this may seem like a close encounter of the first or maybe second kind, um, how does this case transfer into a third kind encounter? Hey, can you explain those kinds to me? I've always wondered about that and never really looked. Uh, first kind first kind is when you sight uh, a UFO. Um, second kind is when they leave, there's like evidence left behind, like trace evidence, you know, like a ring on the ground or, or some sort of, you know, some sort of like material that's left behind, you know, some, some sort of proof or not really proof, but some sort of evidence left behind. Uh, the third kind is when you witness or come in, con- well, yeah, when you witness um, aliens or extraterrestrials, not just the craft, but them as well, whether they come off the craft or you see them inside the craft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So you would be you like what you experience would be the first kind. Travis Walton would be like the 12th kind. That's the fourth kind, I believe (laughs) where you get abducted. I think that's the fourth (laughs) kind. Yeah. Now. Okay. It it turns into, it turns into third, third kind encounter and it comes with a physician's report. This physician, he was visiting the house of a patient. He encountered what one assumes was this very object, basically hovering over the road. He said it was vast. And when he looked up, he was able to discern inside the craft that there were occupants in the official report from the Spanish government. about How did he see that? They have a windshield? Well, check it out. Oh, yeah. Check this out there. A Spanish government about this incident. The doctor is thoroughly interviewed. He and a taxi driver, the taxi driver um, are driving along and they see this giant orb. He asks the taxi driver, are you seeing what I'm seeing? And then they got closer to it and he exclaimed, my God, what is that? Unquote. He says he could see through the orb as if it were transparent. He could see the stars behind it. And inside the orb, he sees two figures. Um, they were wearing like red jump, jumpsuits, apparently. Um, and he wasn't alone. A couple from a window of their house, a teacher. A police were they wearing op- Nikes by chance? Um, yeah, no, actually they were Adidas. Um, their house, a teacher, a police officer, and a farmer, they all see two, they all see two figures and they separately, you know, they don't know each other. They all separately say the same exact thing. Two figures um, wearing these red, whatever clothes. Um, and they see it, see them both inside this giant orb. 
their descriptions of these entities all match up. Two occupants, he said, were dressed in red with three control panels and then a tall, almost like a tower-like um, sort of thing within the orb uh, with the control panels. And if this is us, if this is a government experiment, if this is top secret military tech, what are they doing messing around in some random town in the Canary Islands? It's not that there aren't plenty of isolated places across the planet like deserts where they where no one's going. It really doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense for them to be going there. I mean, so there were occupants that aren't human on board, right? You can't prove that, but you have more than one witness saying they saw something. So they so they fucking saw something. Were they, they, believe- they were like humanoid in shape. I mean, they they, they looked- were, you know, two arms, two legs, but they weren't human. Um, they oh. believe they saw occupants. What's really extraordinary about this is the level of documentation. Um, we have from Spanish from the Spanish government, the Air Force launched a full detailed inquiry into this. And again, this is so important. When we talk about these cases is where you've got the government archives full of documents that you can see, you can go and read them. Well, look here, here's what the Air Force came up with. And then they launched this inquiry. They, they took witness statements. They were so meticulous. Um, you know, they were, I mean, they had to be. They gave a lot of weight to those sightings, but this is essentially the Spanish Air Force concluding that there's no smoke without fire. And then it happened here, something extraordinary. And the Spanish military, after an exhaustive investigation, came to this conclusion. The um, analyzed phenomena really occurred on the night of June 22nd, 1976. Its nature is completely unknown. The final conclusion is reached that the object observed was an unidentified aerial phenomenon. That was their conclusion. So So it's just totally ambiguous. Was this thing like, I mean, I can understand it, but it seems like it was translucent and they could see, you know, people, you know, being sitting in there and everything. But was it moving erratically or was it just, I mean, I'm not not to downplay that it was this huge glowing orb, but I mean, was it doing anything? Apparently it was hovering over the town and then grew and grew and got brighter and brighter till it was monstrous. And then poof, vanished. I was just going to say, just vanished, huh? Yeah, just gone. Like, I don't know whether it took, I mean, like I said, I just found out about this within the last year. So I don't know a whole lot about, you know, you know, all the documents, but you, I, I don't know if you can see them online, but they, um, one thing I saw on TV, they showed the documents that the Spanish government had written up and it's, it's exhaustive. There's hundreds of pages about this, this incident, which makes me, it's like, how did I not know about this? Or so do you feel not- like this is, um, as reputable as like the Tic Tac kind of sighting then? This is at least as reputable because you have so many civilian people, not just military and, and you know, you have doctors and, and firemen and just everybody, teachers. And they all, you know, separately say the exact same thing. Two occupants, translucent orb, hovering low, you know, wearing red, the, the tower, the, the control panels, everything. And then vanishing or just taking off at, you know, high speed. They all say the same thing. They don't know each other. That's, that's the weird part about it. And then when the Spanish uh, military interviews all these people, they all, they all basically just like match up. It's really trippy, dude. And, so and my job during the day. No, no, no. It was at night. night. You got, okay. you, you should look up the picture. Cause the picture is like, what is that? Cause it looks like a town and then the dark sky and just this big, bright, like way over contrasted light. Like you could see it being just like a street light. Someone took a picture of, right. But apparently it's from, there's pictures of this from multiple views and it's all the same thing. This, oh yeah. As it's, as it's grown. Oh, did you look it, did you look it up? Yeah, I'm looking it up it's right trippy, now. Yeah, huh? Wow. Yeah. So that one's, that one's pretty yeah. interesting actually. And so they're, they're, they're saying that this wasn't anything that, I mean, it could have been, you could have expected them to downplay it and say it was a rocket they were testing or there was something. They really just said, we have right. no idea. Yeah. And they don't think it's something man-made or like some top secret thing because why would they be doing it over the canary islands it's kind of weird well we kind of talked about it a little bit before i mean it was something i threw around when we were doing one of these chronologies but perhaps they were trying to see if they could be stealth they were you wearing I mean? red maybe and they were if so it's easy. clear and it's clear or it's translucent right so who knows but that seems like if it's big and bright it's not sure. stealth it doesn't sound so do, to me. i don't know <laughs> So what would be the motivation? Why would they do that? Just to, to flex? But aliens? Yeah. yeah. They've got it on us. They, they don't care whether we see them or not. You know, they, they can just come and yeah. go at will. And maybe they're just checking things out. Who knows? Maybe they had a problem with their ship and they had to come into the... Right. Oh, fuck out. Fuck out. Right. Yeah. Right. That's true. Well, you mean, what, is, what does Dark Helmet say? 
fuck, even in the future, nothing works. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> I was not playing with my dolls. Um, let's see. So, oh, I love that part where he's playing with his. No, his, sir, I did not see you playing with your dolls again. Action figures. <laughs> anyway, um, I just watched that the other day and I laughed so hard, dude. It's so funny. <laughs> and men of uh, men in tights, too. We watched that the other night. We were dying laughing. Anyway, uh, the next is the Allagash Abductions. We covered that already. Eagle Lake, August 26, 76. We covered that previously too, so go back. Yeah, and just, refre- just refresh, because I, I vaguely remember it. Four college friends on a camping trip claimed to have seen a bright object hovering above the tree lines over oh, two yes. nights, and then subsequently abducted by aliens on the second night while on That's the right. Alagash waterway fishing. Yeah, yep. we did that pretty in-depth. Okay. So. What episode was that? Jeez, oh, I don't fucking know. Let's see. 45? We did a lot of interviews like in a row there for about for like seven or eight episodes. Did you notice that? So... Yeah, we kind of did do a burst. It was good because I think we did a few UFO chronologies kind of almost back to back. Right, right. So it was good to change it up. It's been a long time since we did. I think the last one we did is right after um, Riley Gale died, actually. So that would have been August, Uh, yeah. August or October. Yeah. Something like that. When did, when did, when was that? Uh, August? Mid or late August, yeah. So moving on, we go to the Tehran. You've probably heard of this one, I'm sure. The uh, Tehran UFO incident, uh, Tehran, Iran. September 19th of 1976, uh, a brilliant object was sighted and reported as being similar to a star. Fighter jets from the Imperial Iranian Air Force were sent to engage the UFO. The electronic equipment and weapon systems in both F-4 interceptors were disabled as they approached the UFO. Both pilots were unable to control their jets' weapon systems. Uh, The pilots witnessed the UFO hovering low to the ground, leaving a discernible glow on the earth below it. Uh, ground control equipment at, at Mehrabad International Airport was also disrupted. Um, the event was thoroughly documented. And they love to do that. Huh? What's that? Disable systems. and Or you can't see them on radar. They're just totally invisible on radar. People are looking at it, but then they look at the radar and they can't see it. They talk to do that too. Um, the event was thoroughly documented in a United States DIA report. Um, and U.S. military officials from the Air Force were sent to Iran to investigate and interview the pilots directly and the generals actually of the, of the Iranian Air Force. One of the pilots stated that when he flew too close to the object, all of his weapon system failed and he was unable to control his jet. At one point, the object shot two bright orbs towards him and they barely missed wow. him. Like they, they went like one went under, I think, and one went above him. So they could have totally nailed him, but then they like went up and uh, below and above him and then reverse field came back and went back into the orb that shot the, the little tiny orbs at him and he was just like stunned like what the hell is this they barely missed him uh, when he regained control of his jet and veered away all of his weapon systems came back online that's kind of weird right yeah it's a trip there must be some sort of um i don't know electromagnetic interference or something well right? if they and if they can control their like nuclear weapons at will turning them off or, or arming them that's pretty scary you know whoever the the beings are that can do that are pretty advanced the air traffic controllers not only saw this event on their radar, uh, so they saw it on radar, but also visually observed the incident, um, ultimately instructing the pilots to just return to base. They're just like, just come back. What else are you going to do? Yeah. Man, you can't engage that. Right. Numerous citizens uh, in and around Tehran, the Tehran area, also reported witnessing this, this object um, leading up to the encounter. So, yeah, there's that one. That one's actually fairly famous. Man, that's... Some of this stuff is very, um, seems to be really well documented. There's one thing to, you know, hear a story from you. And I mean, I don't doubt what you, what you saw, what, you know, I know you, but um, when you have some of the stuff that's just so well documented, it's really hard to just dismiss everything as very, very hoax or as whatever you know you can't well if you have it like triangulated there's some that are triangulated like on multiple radar systems plus seen on the ground plus pilots visually see it all on the same day at the same time it's like how can you say there's nothing there right Mm -hmm. and then they all are like like people who are credible you know trained professionals looking at something they can't figure out and they they're like this is being controlled by something but it ain't us you know well then who what is it what is it being controlled by Here's a trippy one. This is the Valentich. This one really kind of trips me out. This is a lot like that one from the 50s where those pilots go to investigate a UFO and then vanish. Remember that one? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. This is the Valentich disappearance, Victoria, Australia, over the waters of Bass Strait. Now that's in between Melbourne and Kings Island. 
Um, this is October 21st of 78. 20-year-old pilot Frederick Vidalentich was flying south alone in uh, his light plane like a Cessna from uh, Melbourne to Kings Island, Australia, when halfway through his journey, he radioed Melbourne air traffic control, asking whether there are any aircraft or objects showing up on Melbourne's radar. Now, M Melbourne replied in the negative and confirmed there were no civilian or military flights anywhere in uh, Valentich's vicinity. Now, Valentich then reported a multicolored flying saucer orbiting above a Cessna, flying away, then reappearing, flying away, reappearing. And you could hear panic rising in his voice too. He radioed back and he said, Melbourne, it's above me again and it's not an aircraft. Repeat, it is not an aircraft. I heard that recording too, it's pretty weird. Wow. Um, there, there's like this strange metallic scraping sound that was heard after, the, after he said that. And it went on for like, I think 18 or 19 seconds or something, and then just died. The, the communication lasted about 20 seconds. Uh, all communication ceased. A massive search was organized after the disappearance um, and not a trace of him or his craft were ever found. Just gone. Now in the wow. years, it's trippy. So now, and you've heard that recording? Yeah, I've heard the actual recording before, yeah. Um, oh. I've gone. What do, you th what do you think that sound would be based off what you heard? I mean, what is that? metallic scraping sound seems kind of vague well picture like a knife scraping on a sheet of of metal like just it was just and it, but it was loud it was high not pitched. static not static no no that was not static i mean i didn't listen to the whole 20 seconds of that they played a few seconds after it cut out so you get a get an idea of what it was that was heard you know by melbourne air traffic control but it didn't sound it didn't sound right i mean it sounded really strange but um, here's the thing, though. In the years uh, following that occurrence, multiple witnesses have since come forward stating that they had seen a strange object flying in the same area where Valentich had disappeared on the same evening. Now, one witness um, on that night was photographing the ocean. He was, you know, he liked to take pictures. He had a tripod and everything. And he captured a strange object on film that he claims he didn't even see at the time. He saw it you know, much later after he developed his film. Another witness claimed to have seen what appeared to be a UFO with what looked like a Cessna stuck in the side of it, like, Im <laughs> like embedded in it, flying past him at high speeds back over the ocean. <laughs> now that guy could have just totally been making it up because he already knew the story, right? So, but still it's right, kind of like funny. He, it's like he crashed into it or something. <laughs> or it sucked it up, you know, and he's yeah. taking, it, taking it back to like whatever, some planet anyway. Uh, many theories have since been put forward, including that he faked his own suicide, which is plausible or that he was flying inverted and he mistook his own reflection in the water as a UFO because he wasn't like, he wasn't trained for, um, uh, what do you call it? When you, when you fly at night or in a, in a storm, you have to be, uh, you have to be rated for the instruments like instrument rated. And he was not, he was, he had to fly by fly by sight. So he could have been, you know, he could have been inverted, but apparently it was like clear skies. So he would have been able to discern, I would think the horizon of the water in the sky. Right. Or maybe he was upside down and uh, thought the water was this guy. He, he's a military dude. No, right? no, no, no. He was a no. civilian 20-year-old guy. He only had maybe uh, 300 hours of, of flight experience, so not that much. You know, So maybe he just got turned around and mistook his own maybe. reflection for a UFO. That doesn't entirely make sense. So I, I well, guess. I mean, maybe, I mean, there's more, there could be something more to it, right? Perhaps maybe there was something else going on. He got scared and lost control Panicked. and the news upside down and realize, yeah. And then, I mean, yeah, there's all kinds of things. I mean, to me, something like this, I mean, without knowing much about it, it would just seem like you heard, they heard a sound that was, you know, metallic or something is right. crashed and it was just the radio, you know, squawking out and right. Right. Was inexperienced and was in the middle of nowhere in the dark, you know, that seems plausible well you know, no he wasn't, some of these it wasn't he, it was during the day though so it wasn't dark but i mean i get maybe i should have meant like at, in the middle of nowhere i guess yeah. right and, and i've heard that like the 7 706 <clears> p.m <throat> right i mean that's pretty i've heard that's dark. i've heard that when when it's a clear sky too even if you're upside down you can mistake the horizon like the water being the sky and vice versa because you're getting a reflection of the sky on the water as well right. so you could be upside down and think you're right side up but you would think like you think gravity would make like it, everything be falling upwards in the, you know what I mean? Panic. Like, it's it, panic. If he's only got, you know, your shirt and everything wouldn't be flapping down like over his face. Cause he's upside down. I don't know. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It could be, but a lot of, there's some researchers that think he was just upside down and thought his reflection was a UFO. doesn't mm -hmm. really explain it flying away and coming back though. There's a thing though. Bill was reportedly very interested in the UFO subject. 
uh, as well, um, creating a lot of speculation as to the true nature of the events, like maybe he did fake his own disappearance to get away from everything. I don't know. Um, nonetheless, was he like in severe debt or something? No. Or what would be? Uh -uh. He wasn't depressed or anything either. And actually, his girlfriend, I believe, was waiting for him to get back from the trip to Kings Island and waited at his place for like a day or two and never heard from him again. Um, neither he or his airplane have ever been found. It's a little weird. You'd think but, even if he like faked his own suicide or something, just sooner or later, like the airplane would show up in a hangar or something, you know? Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. I, th I mean, I think, I think more, I mean, I don't know this guy. I really you know, don't know anything about anything about this, but it would just seem like it seems logical that <clears> more <throat> than suicide would have been. He just was inexperienced and crashed. That, that, that sounds reasonable. Yeah. But the fact that they, it was like the most massive search in Australian history at the time. And they never came up with it. no, like that. no debris has ever even washed ashore. You would think that would at least happen. Right. At some point, yeah. like even that, even that um, Indonesian flight that disappeared, what, 2013, stuff started washing up on islands around um, uh, Madagascar, you know, so they know yeah. it's not, they know it's not just parked somewhere like that whole conspiracy thing, you know. Anyway, so now we are going to the last one, and this is a big one. So this one is fully, fully, fully documented. This is uh, December 21st of 1978. Now, radar installations near Wellington, New Zealand, picked up what air traffic controllers called an unexplained blip. A local pilot named Captain Powell was at the same time bound on a cargo mission from the South Island to the North Island of New Zealand. All described the object as anything but airplane-like in nature. And what was it that Captain Powell, he was a 35-year veteran pilot, didn't have only 30. Hey, I'm you sorry know, to interrupt 300 you really hours. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. So this... Um... Kind of happened around the same time, right? As the other dude that we just talked about, uh -huh. kind of in the same area. Yeah, kind of. I mean, New Zealand and, and Australia. I mean, yeah. And what was the previous? It was also in '78, right? Uh, I believe the Valentich was was in '78. It was uh, like October or something, maybe. I think it was. It was in October, October twenty first of '78. You're right. I never put that together actually. October and then December, yeah. A couple months. I mean, almost two two months to the day. Very kind of in the same area. Interesting. Ooh, good detective work. I didn't. Why didn't I put that together? That's pretty obvious, actually. Because New Zealand, and then Kings Island is next to Tasmania, I believe, and on the south of Australia. So that's pretty damn close to each other. You're right. Huh. It's all wow. close when you're coming from 14 billion light years away. <laughs> yeah, right. No shit. Right. Now, this guy was a 35-year veteran pilot, right? He saw, he, um, what was it he saw in the night sky is the question. Now, Douglas Maven heads New Zealand's Mount John Observatory. Now, here's, here's this guy. This is hilarious. Quote, well, at that time, what we saw were two very bright objects in the sky. I could do the accent if you want. One very, no, I can't do it. One no, very, please, please don't. Yeah, no, I won't. One very early in the morning was the unless, planet. Unless you're going to do it like Sean Connery. No, 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 no. One very, one very early in the morning was the planet Venus. No, that's not even Australian. Um, as in the mornings, it is very close to the horizon. And during the night, from a little bit before midnight through to morning, the planet Jupiter was up in the sky, which was very bright, though not as bright as Venus. So depending on the time of day or night when you're looking up, it could have been one of those two planets. People have been able to give us a fair enough description of the time and place in the sky, and every report I've had there was that sort of description, and we've been able to identify it. The reports of these things have been going on for so many years now, and if there is such an intelligent people coming from outside the earth, coming around all these times, I think by now they would have landed and introduced themselves. Unquote. I'm not so sure about that. Right, right. And it says here, <laughs> others weren't so sure. Now, Quentin Fogarty, he was a reporter for an Australian television station. He was in New Zealand at the time of Captain Powell's flight. Now, his station requested from him to do a story on Powell's experience. Together with David Crockett, who was, he was a New Zealand cameraman, they got together and decided to retrace the flight path of Captain Powell. Now, Fogarty planned to make the 400-mile round trip between Wellington and Christchurch in a massive Argosy aircraft, which was already scheduled for a freight flight. Now, armed with cameras and sound equipment, the two men hoped to film proof of what Powell had reported. Now, Fogarty realized that the chances of seeing what Powell had seen was really remote. Um, yeah. yet, he's, yet he still had really strange feelings about the flight. 
quote, there were stages where I was very, very frightened. I thought if I was to die or if I was removed from that aircraft in some shape or form, that it wasn't going to be a painful process. I can't really explain why I thought this. It was just a feeling that I had. Now, the flight was long, unquote. The flight was long. Captain Bill Startup warily scanned the night sky as they were flying along. Fogarty and cameraman Crockett waited in the hold of the large airplane. Now, suddenly, Captain Startup spotted the object and called back to Fogarty. The object seemed to be hovering around the aircraft. <clears throat> Unable to get a good camera position, Fogarty and Crockett raced up to the cockpit. Now, you cut to the film that they shot. It's a strange, unexplainable light. Um, some would say it's merely a light in the night sky, right? Big deal. Perhaps the city off in the distance or fishing vessels off in the distance. You know, any prosaic explanation, you know, just slap on it will do. Um, except these lights were hovering alongside the aircraft and they were following them and making erratic maneuvers that were clearly caught on film, which is the trippy part. I've, I've seen that film too. Now, by the time we got- So how far were these guys away from them? They were right up on them, like really close. I mean, like right up on their like wingman style or were front, they just In off? front of them and then to the side. And then that's coming up here. He says something about it. Um, quote, by the time we got onto the flight deck, we realized the bright light was quite low. Now, in fact, it was reflecting off of the water. We just kept looking at this very bright object. In fact, it looked very much like a very bright star outside our starboard window. So we turned towards the, the plane turned towards the object, the pilot, you know, turned the plane towards the object. And at this time, David was continuing to film. And at one stage, he got very excited and turned to me and said, it's got a brightly lit bottom and a glowing sphere on the top. Uh. I was doing commentary at the time, and I said that it looked very much like a classic flying saucer shape. I think I was the last person to see it. As I looked out the right-hand side of the aircraft and peered right down on this object, it went below the aircraft and disappeared. So it was flying around their airplane, dude. That's pretty weird. Now, nobody connected um, with this case has argued that they were extraterrestrial, because you can never say that anything is extraterrestrial until you can physically hold on to it or meet with the inhabitants or the thing lands in Central Park and you beam it via live television all around the world, even though everyone would say it was hoaxed anyway. There are a number of possibilities, and I think that the strongest possibility is that it was extraterrestrial, unquote. Trippy, huh? And now, that's, that's, um, that's all which guy again? Captain Bill? No, no, no. That's the, uh, that's the reporter from Australia. Okay, who, happened, okay. Yeah. Who, who was redoing that, that flight that he had. Yeah, I'm not expecting anything to happen, but it, it happened conveniently right. enough well the film is unlike any <laughs> other recorded in history the object darted about and changed color shimmering with an eerie translucence um, the object was incredibly bright far brighter than any planet or star um, the film shot by forwarder and crockett has since been analyzed by united states and australian scientists as well as the military um, their conclusions show that there was a metallic object um, it was unearthly in its brightness no one will hazard a guess as to what it was or why it appeared when it did and where it did. Uh, but it certainly wasn't Jupiter, Venus or a star. Yeah. Not if it's flying under you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And there's some still shots of it too. And it looks like it's moving so fast that it creates like lines in the sky. So like a, you know, like a quick still shot and it's just zipping all around. So instead of seeing like the actual object, you see like a zigzag in the sky. And it's multi mm -hmm. and it's multicolored. It's like blue, red, green, red, blue, red, you know, like really trippy looking stuff. Um, yeah, but it was actually uh, analyzed. Yeah, I remember it was analyzed by the uh, United States military. There was a, a naval um, uh, photography and video specialist who does a lot of these like, like um, analytics for, for these UFO things to try and determine what they are. And this is one of the ones where he said this, he can't figure it out. He doesn't know mm -hmm. what it is, but it was something there. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a lot of this stuff, I think, see as a continuum, right? You'll have things like Travis Walton, which to me seems like one of the most legitimate examples of what could be, you know, an abduction or something like that. Sure. And then you have things like the Tic Tacs off the, the Nimitz, you know, where to me, that's pretty much a foregone conclusion to me that that happened, that there's not any question. There's no debate. That was what was there. Sure. They say they can't explain it. They say they don't know what it is. And then you have kind of the, oh, I saw something when I was on the lake and I don't know what happened. And, you know, there's like a different spectrum, right? What yeah. do you think of the things that we've talked about tonight and maybe in particular this last one, where do you think they fall on that spectrum? The last one, I have no idea because 
they, I mean, they saw a bright light like zipping around their craft, right? So, who, I mean, what the hell in 1978 can do that that we've made? I don't know. Could it be a drone? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to think maybe perhaps that the technology, if you were to have, you know, to suggest that it was government in origin or something like that. I mean, it's 1978. Maybe perhaps they would have something that would have been widely accessible in 1998 or 2000, right? If you go kind of go by What's the a, gap in technology from what, you know, government entities might have and what the commercial availability might be, you know? I don't know what the point of them, like you, you like testing it by fucking with cargo planes off of New Zealand's coast, how that makes any sense, you know? Well, maybe, they're not, maybe, they're not, maybe they're not doing that. They just happen to be there. And then... But don't you think don't that know. don't you think they try to get away from the cargo plane because they wouldn't want publicity about it just so they, they have their own people analyze it and go we don't know what it is maybe when they know maybe. what it is that doesn't make maybe. sense maybe i have no idea maybe yeah. if it's all about i don't either mirrors you know yeah i don't either uh the canary one the canary islands one to me it seems like that was extraterrestrial craft that seems yeah pretty, that seems pretty gnarly those pictures look pretty cool yeah it's pretty trivial and, and then, then what about the uh, other dude that had that got that disappeared that one could have been him crashing, you know. Yeah, that's what I, I think. I'm yeah. not sure how nothing ever washed up, no body, no plane, not even a part ever washed up. But who knows? I mean, the, the waters around Australia are really, really empty. I mean, there's, there's, yeah. no, there's think nothing about it. there, dude. And think about it. I mean, if you catch a current, you're right. I mean, you would think that there'd be something, but the ocean's a very vast place. And if it got caught you know and it sunk down and eventually the current was taking it the other way right. you know um oceanward rather than like towards the mainland you know or right. towards you know the coast of some sort it's entirely possible there are parts that it could have just gone yeah that's possible i mean and well that part like where that flight in 2013 vanished in the indian ocean right that that is such a, i mean it's not the biggest ocean on the planet but there's really nothing there like in the pacific pacific is half the planet right but there are islands scattered about, you know, Easter Island, you know, to the Indonesia is a pretty vast space, but there's a lot of like lanes of traffic that go through with cargo and shipments and mm -hmm. things like that. You know, where the Indian ocean right through that area off the West coast of Australia, there's really nothing there, like nothing. It's trippy. And that's kind of like Tasmania all the way over to the West into the Indian ocean. That's like one of the most desolate spots on earth. I had, and, no, I had no idea. Well, and even there, though, it took forever for all that stuff to drift west to to, um, to Madagascar, to the islands, like I think it was like Centennial Island or something, where the, the parts of the plane started washing up. But even there, you know, they found some parts. Granted, it was a huge plane. It wasn't just a little Cessna and one dude, right? So who knows? Maybe he hit the, he hit the water so hard or something and went right to the yeah, bottom. Smithereens, just, yeah, smithereens, yeah. Yeah, who knows? Never know. Yeah, so that one's... I don't know. And the fact, you know, it almost seems like he could have just faked his own disappearance as well, but you know. But to what end though? Exactly. He's, he wasn't depressed. He, um, apparently he was upset because he failed a couple pilots tests. He wanted to be a commercial pilot and he kept failing that test. But that doesn't seem like a reason to like fake your own suicide. You know, you just try harder, right? Yeah. And he had a good girlfriend, family loved him. That doesn't really make sense. I say he crashed. Mm -hmm. that seems most plausible to me yeah but some of these ones man the one the canary island one and then you have the you know the phoenix lights and some of these ones are just there and it's like so hard to contest right like i think those you can just say there's too many people and yeah and so it's like well what is it and that's where the the fun right. starts well and then you have like those you have the military saying oh no nothing was there right but then a pilot from within the base calls out and a trucker sees jets like launched to go intercept it you know oh no we didn't launch it there's nothing there yeah right and then you have all this like yeah it's like that's just too obviously like something weird and same with that that canary islands one i'm still like stunned that i never heard of that till recently because that one just seems so like documented it's strange well there's a lot of stuff i mean out there that's competing for your attention sure and even if i know you're pretty pretty avid into this thing and you're you're spend a lot of time watching documentaries and things like that read, yeah it seems like you're constantly finding new stuff to be mesmerized by and i mean for me who is not quite as into it as you I, it's it's cool to hear all this stuff that some of it seems to be pretty reputable yeah. you know it's it's weird to me that that everybody isn't like like 
devouring this stuff going, wow, this is the most important, like, this is the most important story of our lifetimes. This is, this is amazing. Like, why isn't science really looking into this? Why, why don't people really like talk about this? You know, to me, it's just weird that that's not happening. Cause we're worried about people that are putting $24 million jams into their fucking forehead. Did you hear about uh, no, that? No, I guy? didn't. What was that? <laughs> There's this guy, he's like a, a rapper or something like that. And he's one of these like Lil something or others. Oh God. Lil, God, what uh, is his little douchebag? Oh man, let me think here. I want to say Lil Pop Gun. Pop Gun. Lil Uzi. Lil Weezy. Lil Uzi. Okay. Lil what Uzi. A, Lil Uzi. Uh, Uzi? And, oh, that's yeah. nice. That's and right. this guy, dude, this guy put, you got to look him up. He put a apparently some $24 million diamond into his forehead. Well, let's go fucking find him and cut his head off. <laughs> I know. Right. And you look at it, he shows, I saw pictures and it was all like bleeding. It looked all infected. What a fucking moron. <laughs> oh Why? God, dude. Why? He, uh, I, I'm sure it was just to show how much money he's got. He said he'd been paying for it since 2017. <laughs> what a dumbass. <laughs> take it out of your forehead cash it in and go out and get a yacht and go out and fucking get lost somewhere oh my god that's, that's a like that's one of those you know, want to just buy a horse and go out into the fucking woods and get lost and don't bother us anymore <laughs> dude you gotta look at that guy's picture it's hilarious and it's not he's 24 million dollars and it's not even centered on his forehead. It's crooked. <laughs> he couldn't even get it centered. Dude, he spent all his money oh on, on the gem. Let me guess, he's homeless. <laughs> okay. No oh, oh my god. my god, what an idiot. What is he, like, paying monthly payments on the gem in his forehead? <laughs> Probably. He can't make enough money to afford it, that. I've never heard of this well, guy. I was talking, I, that, that's what I was telling. I was telling my oldest one. I said, it boggles my mind. I said, I've never heard of this dude that he could be making that much money to, to do that unless he's selling drugs right. or something. And he's like, no, no, you know, he gets, he was getting paid like 400K a show and all this stuff. Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, I guess I've never heard of this. It's like, I can't, I can't imagine that he's selling that many albums. I mean, people don't buy albums anymore, you know, and. You can't imagine he's getting that many YouTube oh my views. God, what a weirdo. But apparently he is, man. Maybe I'm in the wrong well, business. Well, I'm convinced, man. The IQ of this country is plummeting. Putting a gem in your forehead and you can't <laughs> oh even get it God. centered. That's awesome. Oh, dude, it's hilarious. Look at the picture. It'll crack up. Right, I guess I got it now. Well, let, let's wrap up the shit show. What do you think? Oh, my God. That's yeah. fucking hilarious. Well, these, these are some pretty good ones, man. I think these kind of cover the, the spectrum, right? Some of the... To me, where I'm not necessarily feeling like it's super compelling, but then there's, you know, like, okay, this dude just crashed, right? But then there's some of the ones that seem pretty well documented, as I said, just like the the Nimitz Tic Tacs and Phoenix Lights and things where it's just like Canary Islands. It's too hard to just like explain it away. Oh, it was just Venus. Oh, I, I didn't know Venus had occupants. Okay. Yeah. Well, it looked really big in the pictures. I mean, they looked really bit, really big. Yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah. wow, okay, wow. And, and so in terms of scope and scale, it seemed like a different, it seemed like the Phoenix lights were lo much larger. Oh, right? oh, as far as like actual size? Yeah. That big V-shaped thing was a mile or more long. That's, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. So what would these things be? I mean, if they, depending on how close or far they are away, I mean, if it looks like three times the size of the moon. But then it got bigger than that though. They said it got like right in pictures standing right next to like a 20 story building. It's got, it just got brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter and then yeah. poof gone. So it's almost like it was winding up to get the energy to get out of there or something. I don't know. I don't know. I strange. need to look into that a little bit more because that's, that's an interesting one. So these guys, what, then if they're doing this stuff, I mean, what kind of propulsion systems? I mean, this seems like it's generate those types of lights and stuff generate a lot right. of energy. Right. And almost know? all of these people say that there was no sound, which is really Really right right how can you have that kind of like massive i don't i don't really know nuclear nuclear right i mean it's not well loud. i guess if you know i guess humans think on the whole you know nuclear is about as powerful as we can get but there's something what do they call it like zero point energy or something or or some sort of field field I energy know, i forget I what that. it's called but it's uh -huh. something where you like you tap basically tap into the the fabric of space time or into the universe to to get basically free energy. I don't know. I don't that's know. called, of that's, course called I don't know. that's called yoga. Oh yeah. Right. That's right. That's called deep dark helmet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Where are my toys? Yeah, God, oh, dude. God, I got to watch it. I'm gonna go watch, watch it. Me I'm too. Watch it. I'm gonna watch it right now, actually. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I actually. love that. What was that? The guy's name Barf. Barf. I'm a mog. I'm a mog. Half man, half dog. I'm my own best friend. Yeah, right. Doesn't he lick himself or something? Anyway? Uh, I don't think so. He's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. He's he he's like he comes in. He's like, she's like, who are you? I'm like, she. He's like, I'm Barf. She's like, nothing oh, here, Mister. This is a Mercedes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Wasn't it? That was Joan Rivers doing that. That. Um, yep. That the voice of that robot thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Rick, about- Rick Moranis had a lot of big names in there. God, Rick Moranis doesn't do anything anymore, does he? Huh. No, he doesn't. Did uh, you hear just, about him getting punched? I did. Yeah, that, that sucks, of, man. Yeah, I know. I saw. I just watched um, my blue, my blue heaven uh, with him and Steve Martin. I love that movie. Oh my god, dude! Wait, no, not my blue, not my blue heaven. I haven't seen that in years. Is that the not my blue heaven where Steve Martin's the um, the preacher, but the guy he plays uh, oh the guy, witness protection? What is that? That's my blue I just heaven. Watched That's it. my blue heaven. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's the mobster, right? Yep, yep, that hilarious. Yeah, I love that movie. But that one with Steve Martin as the preacher is good too. I watched that one. What so is that many... one called? What is that God, one called? I can't, I can't remember. But that's a great movie where he's like the shady preacher who puts up the tent and robs everyone of their money as he goes from town to town. Right. Yep. And then gets like, he gets a conscience, right? That's right. God. Oh, oh that's going to drive me nuts. I'm going to have to look it up. That's in Gotta my look book. It up. That's in my book of movies. I have my books here. I'm going to go through my, uh, life. Uh, no life of like, Oh, that's going to bug me. I'm going to have to go look it up. Yeah. I got, I got to think here. Um, um, oh, I want to go get my book. Oh, life. Oh, no life's 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 too short. No. Um, Life's too short. Uh, no, um, ah, crap. Yeah, it's not Legit. my not my blue heaven because that is the one with with uh, Rick Moranis. Yep. As the yeah, that's a great movie. Gangster. That's a great movie. God, what is God, the there, other one called? There was a period where Steve Martin was just cranking out great movies. Like, uh, what was it uh, L.A. Story? Remember? Oh yeah, loved that one. He has Leap a of, he, Leap of Faith. That's the that's movie. it. Leap. Thank you. That's an awesome movie. Yeah. Uh, L.A. Story. Remember when he gets like a coffee colonic? Yeah, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's like pinching his butt as he comes up or, or when he's on that big brick phone he's a like, hold on one second he's in his convertible he pulls out his pistol he pulls so out his pistol starts shooting the dude yeah it's like open season on the highway yeah, exactly. or something That's like that. awesome. yeah. i'm gonna have to go back and watch some of those but i'm gonna go watch Spaceballs right now so let's wrap it up all right sounds good hey everyone thanks for listening ian thanks for putting together this uh chronology volume five yeah it was fun we'll see you on the next scattering <laughs>